0: Atop the, the Pit Box podcast with your hosts, Zach and Josh.
1: Good evening, Fantasy NASCAR race fans. Welcome to another episode of the Atop the Pit Box podcast presented by ParadiseExecutiveProperties.com, your Lake of the Ozark vacation experts. On this episode, we are going to talk about last weekend's snoozer of a race in Phoenix, and look ahead to this weekend's race in Hot Lana. North Josh, how you guys doing? Doing, good, doing well, Zach. Zach. How was New York? New York was fun. Wish the Jays would have, you know, won two more games, but it is what it is.
2: Glad to glad to see you back.
1: It's uh, it's nice to be home after after four days being gone. It's nice being away, but it's
2: nice being home. Before we get into it, first off, we just want to thank everybody for listening. Thanks so much for being a part of the podcast, listening in each week. We truly appreciate your support. Um, and as we have mentioned on previous episodes, we have an open invitation to any league members that want to, to come on the podcast. And we are excited to have our very first guest of the year. He is the host of the goats sports podcast, Brian. Welcome to the show, and uh, thanks for being on. How are you doing tonight? Doing
3: good. It's uh, it's nice to be on the show, actually. Listen to you guys. Got you guys uh, all cut up throughout the week. Um, so, yes, yeah, it's, it's actually a privilege to be the first person this year.
2: <laughs> it is an honor. Thank you for being <laughs> on. And uh, so let's go ahead and start. We mentioned it before. You, you run a podcast called the Ghost Sports Podcast. Give everyone a quick overview of, what the podcast is and, and how you got into podcasting?
3: Um, well, it all started kind of like a, a bunch of trash talking in the my fantasy football league. And I was like, you know, we could see if we could make some money off of this. Well, then uh, out of the eight people, one of them was like, are you serious? So then he's the co-host. And then uh, so we've been doing it for about two years. And we basically just do all well, I do every sport because uh, I have a team in every sports league Anthony the co-host he only basically sticks to football NASCAR uh he doesn't like hockey or baseball or anything so that that part's up to me but uh for the most part right now it's strongly just NASCAR and football but we do touch base on like hockey and NBA anything really going on in the sports week we try to cover and give you power rankings and do our own power rankings so it's it's usually about 45 minutes to an hour show so uh try to get one to two out a week
2: awesome so you say you you like a lot of sports so obviously this is a nascar league and a nascar podcast so how did you get into nascar
3: um well when i was little my dad worked on like a dirt race car so they were all in racing and then uh i grew up around the same time jeff gordon came into NASCAR and my dad set me down. I was like, yeah, pick a car and that's your car. You can't just quit. So I was like, all right, well, I was like, I like the 24. Well, then that was his first ever win was the Coke 600. So I was like, well, look at that. And then lo and behold, he won every weekend. So it was kind of a good pick.
2: (laughs) Yeah. You probably didn't know it at the time, but that was, that was going to be a, a very fruitful pick.
3: Yes. And, uh, I always say, I don't know if you guys listen to the podcast or not, but I always say in every episode, they would have kept the point system the way it is, been a seven-time champion, but whatever. <laughs>
2: <laughs> not salty but, about that at all. Okay? No. Yeah, but, uh, tell us how you
3: really feel. I mean, I could. <laughs> I don't think you guys got a long enough episode. For <laughs> but, uh, uh, I think Justin hears about it every harvest party. Usually about four beers in, it gets, it gets pretty crazy.
2: So do you have a, a, a memory or, uh, a favorite memory, either for a a race that you went to in person or something that you remember seeing on TV? Is there a single memory that kind of jumps out at you?
3: Um, well, I kind of have two. Um, I was at the Kansas race for Jeff Gordon's last race at Kansas in his retirement year. So that one was pretty cool to kind of see them kind of celebrate his retirement there. And then uh, I got to meet Kenny Schrader in person when I was like nine up in Denison. He'd go up there and race the dirt, modified up there. So I got his autograph and picture taken with him. So that was pretty cool. Um, Because Kenny Schrader might not be NASCAR. You know, he only had five wins in his NASCAR season. But around the dirt, he's basically like a living legend almost. So it was pretty cool. That was Basically, the only two, I think, Uh, TV-wise, just like I said, watching Jeff Gordon kind of basically win every weekend. And basically, when he retired, I kind of just saw myself being a Gordon fan instead of a NASCAR fan. But then now I kind of just go for Kyle Larson, basically for the dirt background that he
2: has. I was going to ask you, I thought maybe uh, Byron would be your favorite driver because he's in the 24, Uh, but it's it's Kyle Larson, huh? It is. It's
3: Kyle Larson. I didn't. I think they should have just hung up the twenty-four. I really didn't like it when Chase Elliott ran it because I'm not a Chase Elliott fan at all. Uh, so that kind of just ruined it for me. And then I talked a lot of crap on William Byron this year, saying he's on the chopping block and he's just rattled off two wins. And I did it last year too, and he went off on a streak. So I think. If uh, I think William Byron just is like my only listener because he's the only one that does anything when I when I smack talk him. So, well,
1: as a uh, as a fantasy team with Willie B on it, who's leading me uh, to the number one spot right now, keep talking trash about him, right. please, because it's working. Yeah, no, I'm calm just down, gonna. Zach. We were going to get into it. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> just couldn't wait, could you? No, I had, I had to throw that in there.
3: It's nothing but nice talk from now on for William Byron, It's just going to be, I'm going to pick him every weekend. I think.
2: <laughs> so if Kyle Larson is your favorite driver, do you have one that you just can't stand?
3: I have quite a few actually. I <laughs> <Maybe you would. laughs> uh, got like a whole notebook full. I'm just kidding. But, uh, I don't like uh, anybody that drives for Joe Gibbs racing, not a huge Joe Gibbs fan. I think they manipulate a lot of, uh, a lot of the teammate driving towards the end. That's why you see about three to four of them in the final four yearly. So, I mean, it's not like I hate Martin Truex Jr. and all of them. I I cannot stand Denny Hamlin. I don't yes. like the gold. I don't like the Golden Boy NASCAR Chase Elliott either. And uh, I'm not a Bubba Wallace fan either. Not because of the news that happened. I just don't like the way he carries himself and represents the sponsorship. A lot of his interviews kind of rub me the wrong way. So, just not. But it's mostly Joe Gibbs and Chase Elliott. I do not care for he that Denny team.
0: Hamlin might be the only thing you and I agree on in sports. Brian. I just,
3: I mean, he's a hypocritical driver. I mean, he, Big time. he does it to them. And then when he gets it back, he cries and pouts about it. So, I don't know. To me, just too much of the total team control towards the end in the chase. And it annoys me every year.
2: If you could have dinner with three famous people that are alive, who would it be?
3: I'm going to keep it NASCAR, honestly. Uh, I mean, uh, obviously you're going to go with the idol, uh, Jeff Gordon. Um, And I don't know how deep in NASCAR history you guys are, but uh, I think I would probably bring back Tim Richmond. I I know he passed away in 1989, but I think he was one of the three drivers, along with uh, Davey Allison and Alan Kawicki. if they would have not pass away so soon and like done a full NASCAR season. I don't think Dale Earnhardt would be a seven time champion. And I think Tim Richmond at least have two or three of them. So, and if you watch any documentaries on Tim Richmond, he's kind of a party animal and was not scared to intimidate the intimidator. So just be kind of nice and party with him and sit down and kind of like drink with Tim Richmond. And then the last one, uh, might shock you guys, but I'd go with uh, Ron Hornaday, uh, junior truck driver, mainly because, uh, I don't know if you guys listen to the Dale Jr. podcast at all, but if you do or do not, I would start with the Ron Hornaday interview. Just the sacrifices him and his wife made so he could go race was, uh, was actually really cool and just kind of hear his stories because, I mean, he was a mechanic and then out of nowhere, Dale Earnhardt wanted to drive his truck and he has, I mean, basically goat status in truck series before Kyle Busch came around. So uh, definitely those three for sure. NASCAR wise, I think would be a pretty cool conversation.
0: And what Ron Ron Hornaday is doing for current drivers, up and coming drivers is really cool. He right. he brings them in, lets them live with them, so that they can get, you know, engrossed in that in that world down there, and trains them and mentors them. So uh, that that's a good one. I like that.
3: Yeah, and I mean uh like some of his interview was his wife would work 10 hour shifts he'd work 12 hour shifts at mechanic shop and then she would do nails at the house until one or two in the morning just so he could have enough money to go racing like it's crazy
0: so maybe we want to hang out with his wife she seems pretty right she seems <laughs> to be the
3: <laughs> right. she seems to be the one to push everything
2: last week we talked about the uh pick, pick them competition that we have. And we were trying to come up with a punishment and believe it or not, the three of us cannot agree on a punishment yet. So we have decided that we're going to take a bunch of punishments that people have suggested, put them on a wheel, spin the wheel. The loser will spin the wheel at the end and have to do whatever punishment that <laughs> is, is comes up. So with that being said, we're going to give our guests an opportunity to add to the wheel of punishment, so Brian, here's your opportunity to uh, have something on the wheel that Norton will have to do at the end of the year.
3: <laughs> I really hope it's Justin because uh,
2: <laughs> me too. <laughs> well, Wait, I had it's
3: going. I had uh, I had two of them picked out, and uh, the first one I decided not to do would have been obviously be on a float in a parade with a sign that says "I suck."
1: <laughs> them up a little bit. Uh, that but I just, would
3: be awesome. I decided against that. I might let somebody else just use that one. Uh, This one to me, I'm kind of going off of like a uncomfortable kind of stepping out of your comfort zone, but it's going to be funny. Um, You guys might actually get paid to do it, Uh, but go to your local comedy club (laughs) and you guys have to come up with your own comedy skit, like full run comedy, like little segment there in that show. And you have to invite the other two, but You have to blast it all over social media. You have to promote that thing Whether (laughs) friends, family come down there, whether you bomb or not, you're going to have to perform a comedy skit just in front of random people. And like, there's no backing out of it. So you'd have to post it on Instagram, Twitter, whatever you got to do, but definitely Zach or Josh will have to be there. I'm telling say, you, if, like I'm telling you right now. Here, guys.
2: If if Norton is going to do a comedy sketch, I will be there. Will not, <laughs> nothing will keep me from that. <laughs> I so mean, I've guys. heard
0: this before. I, I've I've heard there was a guy in a football fantasy league just this year that lost and and had to go do this, but his league wrote the stuff. So you're saying no, you whoever loses has own. to
3: write their own stuff. Yeah, you have to come come up with your own stuff. Ooh that is miserable and then or would
2: knock that out of the park (laughs) get him a couple more glasses of that wine and he'd be be a lot of alcohol consumed before that one so i i do like that i uh i almost like that the winners get to write the jokes but the the loser coming up with his own material has a a uh, interesting twist to that
3: yeah i mean not only that you got to promote it so like even if <laughs> you don't know so like justin like grandpa bob could probably see that and be like well i'm gonna go watch that like <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i'll be sure to invite
2: everybody <laughs> <laughs> i'm going i'm going no matter what, so. <laughs> awesome that's that's a that's a really good that's a really good one like i said we're, you guys we're gonna might turn get
3: the get paid we're gonna turn so. the
1: west side into a comedy
3: there you go i would that's be in a my good comfort
0: one. zone at least
1: <laughs>
3: Might have to just that would be the opening to the the final race party is there you go a comedy Ooh. skit
0: yeah so a three-minute comedy show okay
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> i i like it that's not a like bad maybe idea it at all. Good. Maybe that's the, good maybe the winners <laughs> get to pick the the topic so they give they, they give like the the scenario to the to the loser and then he has to come up with a uh a skit based <laughs> on that i like it i like it uh zach nor anything else any other questions you want to throw at brian i just love the fact that he hates danny hamlin
3: <laughs> yeah i mean yeah. hopefully he's at an NASCAR in a couple of years and we don't have to deal with it i really just don't like his excuses
1: at least driver wise. I mean, he's gonna be—he's an owner now, so yeah. he's going to be there for a long time, but yeah, get him at yeah. least out of the car. Yeah. Maybe he'll be quieter
0: as an owner. <laughs> I doubt it. So we do got to give a shout out to Brian, too. Um, he has done a lot of good recruiting for us. Um, for those that don't know, Brian's my brother-in-law, so he's married to my sister, uh, and she is also in the league this year for the first time. So we've got a few rookies this year that are... Uh, directly
3: sourced from the GOATs sports podcast. So we
0: appreciate his partnership as well.
3: Your guys is defending champion too. (laughs) Was from Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Taylor Taylor came from the Goats. So uh yeah, it's just one of those things where I'm very aggressive towards people and like give them no choice but to join this fantasy league.
2: (laughs) I like it. (laughs) That's a that's a good recruiter there.
3: It is. It's like well I don't care if you don't like NASCAR you should just you should just do that. (laughs)
1: well with that being said uh we appreciate you helping us out that's for sure oh yeah it's been a it's
3: been a fun time and uh basically every monday now i'm just either hoping unlike last year last year i did terrible i didn't even want to look at the standings halfway through the year and then i completely spaced the driver swap so uh (laughs) but this year i used it so and where are you running this year I'm 37th right in points, okay. 37th, so. That's pretty uh, good. That's playoffs this year. Yeah, I'm a little shaky on Chris Buescher, though. Uh, that one was – I wanted to go with the GOAT, Michael McDowell, but I didn't, I didn't want to give up enough to get him. You guys had him valued too high, which he should be valued at 20, but <laughs> – <laughs> Yeah, you
0: listen to the Goat Sport Podcast. You'll find <laughs> out that uh, Michael McDowell is the goat.
3: He sandbagged his whole year, like his whole career, <laughs> and now he wants yeah. the 500. And he's he's just driving consistent.
2: Michael McDowell will always have a spot in my heart. He won me forty dollars at the West Side Pool uh, <laughs> when he won the 500, so he will always yep. be a, a a fan favorite in my house. <laughs> so you I said mean,
1: you already did it, you already did a, your driver swap.
3: I did. Uh, so, when
2: Chase
1: Elliott got
3: hurt. So who'd you swap? I swapped to Joey Logano. Okay. So it's not a big fall off there. Cause well, they said he's out for several weeks. So I was like, mm, don't really trust Josh Berry, especially since they're swapping him and stuff. And then he gets a top 10. So I'm like, oh. yeah. And Logano has not performed since
2: I swapped for him. You must not hate Chase too much. Cause you had him on your team.
3: Uh, I just go consistent wise. Uh, I hate him, but money over feelings, just, right? I will not pick Denny Hamlin. I don't care if he wins every week. Me <laughs> okay. either. I'll, I'll, there's either. a line. There's I'll a just line. swallow that pill. <laughs> if I have
1: to. I'd rather lose and have him on my team and win. That's right. <laughs> yep.
3: If Carson wants a hot wheel and Denny Hamlin's the only one on the shelf, he didn't get no hot wheel. <laughs> we'll say it that way. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's awesome uh so brian thanks again for coming on the podcast anything else that you want to plug got your sports podcast anything else
3: uh yeah every about every wednesday thursday go sports podcast uh streaming on spotify iHeartRadio, radio google podcast anchor podcast basically everywhere you can find one um uh, i have a facebook page to go sports uh podcast Facebook page just updated a uh, free entry bracket uh, for March Madness Uh, free entry $100 to win Um, the last two years nobody's been able to beat the goat so I've kind of just kept my money but uh, you get on my Facebook page you'll see it Um, fill out a bracket try to win $100 Um, but I've got hats coming so uh, you guys feel free to if you want a hat message me get on the go sports Facebook page, message me there, see if you want one. I'm going to get shirts. I'm guessing none of you guys are small or mediums. So don't have any right now, but, uh, shirts are going to be here in a couple, maybe a couple months down the road still. But, uh, yeah, every, every Wednesday, Thursday, we try to get one out for everybody.
2: All right. Well, Brian, thank you so much for coming on. And, uh, check out the goats sports podcast and uh thanks for coming on no problem uh, thanks, Brian. thanks for having me
3: it's been a it's been a pleasure
2: good luck the rest all of right, the year all right. oh, thank see you man see ya right, see ya now let's get into some nascar free agency news well let's actually we're just going to get into some nascar news and we're going to start with hendrick motorsports who came out and said they expect chase elliott to be out for about six weeks So, Zach, initial thoughts on that timeline.
1: I'm no doctor, but six weeks seems pretty fast to me after he had a three-hour surgery. You've got to assume that he won't be back at 100% even when he does come back. So from a fantasy standpoint, you got to take that into consideration. Uh, I'd say I I think he's probably going to be out closer to two months, but they've got to give a timetable out there for NASCAR because NASCAR wants to know. Uh, how long he's going to be out, how his recovery is going, because if he's out for too long, I'm hearing rumblings that they they won't approve a playoff waiver for him. Uh, so we'll see. But I think six weeks is a little aggressive. Uh, time will tell.
2: Kyle Bush, when he came back from his injury, was he 100% when he came back? Or did they put him in the car less than 100%? <laughs> That's a good question. I can't remember exactly. I, I, I remember the
1: accident. He was racing the Xfinity series under Joe Gibbs, crashed, broke his ankle and leg, uh, which took longer to heal from because of his ankle because of, you, you know, the braking and you got to use it to, uh, to maneuver the car uh, with chase. It's just a leg. So I'm thinking, even if his leg isn't hundred percent, they're still going to throw him in the car. Uh, I, I just don't see how he would be competitive, uh, there while his leg is not at hundred percent, if that makes sense. So, uh, I, I can't remember how long Kyle Busch was out or, or even if he came back at less than hundred percent, but, um, I'm assuming it was less than a hundred percent because back then you needed to get your points. Um, and so even if he starts the race, that driver gets the points. I don't know if that's how it works anymore or not, but, um, Again, I think this is a really aggressive timeline based on how long that surgery was. So you mentioned how Bush the, missed uh, the first eleven races of that season because it happened at at Daytona.
2: Yeah.
0: So he missed the first eleven races.
2: So almost three months. He was out. Yeah. So, so six weeks does seem pretty quick, and we don't really have. You seen anything about the injury? Because it, I know it was a broken femur. But no, 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 no. Oh no, broken tibia. Right. tibia. Femur would tibia. be real bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Team, what is it? Tibia. Yeah, tibia.
1: tibia. Isn't it tibia? I think the tibia is a shin bone. And yeah, that's usually a pretty fast surgery. So when I heard three hours, I mean, they it must have been pretty bad for it to be that long. So that's why I just I I don't see him coming back in six weeks. But I'm no doctor, so he could prove me wrong. But that seems
2: pretty aggressive. We've had a bunch of swaps for Chase Elliott. Seems like they just keep coming in. And Josh Berry, who's driving the nine car, last week gets a top ten finish. So finished tenth overall. So Zach, do you think you think that has any impact on on future swaps, or are people regretting swapping Elliott out yet?
1: I would say no but after that performance he had yesterday you've maybe got to think twice if if you do want to swap him out or not the Hendrick cars are extremely fast and and it's just going to take him time to get used to this car well you know he finished 10th yesterday so maybe he's already been adjusted to it from that standpoint but uh, as Brian pointed out they've got another guy that's going to be in the road course which is Jordan Anderson he's uh, no, Jordan Taylor, right? Jordan Taylor, he, he does. Other Jordan Taylor, stuff. Yep. Yeah, okay, so Jordan Taylor is going to be in the car for Coda, and you know, with all, all these drivers coming in and out, I just don't know if it's going to be a consistent finish for that car. So, again, I'm thinking. The t- the recovery time frame is going to be longer than six weeks. If you think it's going to be six weeks, then maybe trading out doesn't make sense. But if you think it might be longer, then you've kind of got to weigh the pros and cons on uh, how many points you're going to lose up
2: to that point. And you touched on it, Hendrick Cars, super fast. Josh Berry, pretty talented driver in the Xfinity Series. So, you know, if if there's a perfect situation for you know or a, or a team for somebody to jump in on. Hendrick seems to be that that team. They've got the best equipment. They're running the fastest right now. So, it will be interesting to see if Josh Berry can continue that success or if that was kind of just a a byproduct of other things happening in, in that in that race. Speaking of the race, we had a race here in in Phoenix. Zach, what are your overall thoughts on the race?
1: Man, I had some Optimistic expectations going into the race with the new rule changes that they implemented uh, for the short tracks and road courses. However, after watching that race, it was very boring to me. And I just don't know if the changes they made uh, have improved the short track product whatsoever. Again, the overtime and the restarts were probably the most exciting from my standpoint. So it mirrored what Las Vegas had. uh, But You give me, you give me crap all the time about me being kind of a Debbie downer with these races. So do you agree with my assessment or did you think it was a good race?
2: So I I agree with your assessment, unfortunately. Uh, I think that you just really had to watch the last 20 or so laps and you, you saw everything that happened. They talked a lot about on the broadcast about how these drivers were going to be sliding around. You're going to see a bunch of tire fall off and it didn't seem like we saw that during this race, the idea of the drivers having a a car that they can control and that they're, that puts them, their skills to the test was exciting. And I was looking forward to seeing that. And I just don't think that happened. Obviously the restarts are, are, are crazy when you can go four or five wide, but you only get so many restarts. So the rest of the race just kind of was, was running around and, I kind of laughed to myself because I was thinking there's really not a lot of passing. And I could hear Zach like chirping in my ear, like, Oh, there's no (laughs) passing. There's no passing. So yeah, I, I do agree. Uh, it's, it's not the race that we, we thought we would see. And, and I got, I got to ask you, Zach, if, if you think this is concerning at all, we're seeing, we saw two races the last two weeks that, really kind of fell short of expectations is there is there concern about the rest of the schedule
1: from my standpoint yes i think nascar uh this can't they can't feel good about where where the the, uh, product is at at this time especially knowing that phoenix is where your championship driver is crowned i mean how can you have a track that doesn't produce a good racing product uh, it creates excitement for people to tune in. I mean, all this is driven by media dollars, right? You're out there, you're trying to get sponsors, you're trying to get TV deals. All this is about dollars. And if you put a product like that at your championship race or your Super Bowl, essentially, now granted, Daytona 500 is a Super Bowl, but your race crowning championship race, I, I just don't see, see that being good. And I don't think NASCAR feels good about what's going on right now. I don't know how they're going to fix it. They've tried, hopefully, you know, they can adjust these cars some more with the rule changes they put in, but as a fan and as a NASCAR, you know, fan that watches quite a bit of NASCAR uh, I am concerned about the short track racing moving forward. What about you?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think you have to be concerned. We saw a boring championship race last year. We saw a boring champ or a boring Phoenix race this year and you know, last week was a mile, mile and a half track, right? Mile and a half, Vegas. It's
1: mile and a half, I
2: believe. Yeah. So, and that was boring. And those typically are the strengths. So when you have already have your short tracks and your super speedways with question marks, and now you, you lose what was, what was positive from last year, I think you have to be concerned. And I, I don't know enough about the engineering of what they can do to these cars to make them make the races more exciting. I'm sure that they're trying and I'm sure there's a lot of moving parts, but it's, it's very unfortunate that this is the, the racing product that we, that we have with these new cars. Yeah, I
1: agree. And I mean, you look back at, you know, two years ago where the short tracks were so exciting, so much fun to watch drawing you know, huge crowds, huge ratings on TV, and then you introduce this next gen car and all of a sudden the short tracks and, and road courses are pretty much just duds of races. So, um, uh, man, I hope it gets better. But like you said, uh, if they are, we know they're trying to fix it, but I just don't know how fast they can get this thing fixed
2: based on how poor these cars are performing at those types of tracks. You think the teams have the old cars still that they could just We'll just race those old cars now.
1: That would be the easiest solution, but I don't think they'll ever go back to those cars. Unfortunately, Uh, there's just been way too much time and way too much money spent on this new next gen car.
2: It was another week and another race that was dominated by Hendrick Motorsports. We've talked about them already on the podcast, how fast they were. Kyle Larson, William Byron up at the front all day.
1: Hendrick is on an absolute roll right now, and I don't see this changing anytime soon. For whatever reasons, uh, the Chevrolets in general have been by far the fastest manufacturer this year. Uh, So if you're if you're, you know, another manufacturer or team that's not part of the Chevy camp, you've got to be concerned. And and I'm sure they're working overtime trying to get uh, some more speed in their cars because Hendrick by far is the best team right now in NASCAR.
2: So in your opinion, is this a product of the best team with what the most money per se, you know, having an off season to tinker with this car, get it to where, I mean, because the, the, the margins are so thin that if you can find just a little bit somewhere, you got to think that these teams have a little bit of advantage. So is it, is it surprising that you're seeing Hendrick in this position?
1: So I would say it's surprising because we didn't see a team dominate last year.
2: You you, you had so many different winners by so many different teams. But the teams didn't have cars in the offseason, though. This is the first offseason that they've had cars.
1: No, I know. And and that's what makes this different. So, Lash, you know, it's surprising but it's not because Hendrick is a powerhouse in NASCAR. So yes, I think it's 100%. They had an off season to tinker with these cars. Look at how last year went, do all kinds of SIM testing and implement, you know, their resources where they think they could improve these cars. And I think we're seeing that on the track right now that um, yes, all that work in the off season is paying fruition and, and they are by far the best team right now, whatever they hit on, uh, they better hope that the other teams don't hit on it because if if they do, then they're going to have some competition on their hands. But um, if, if they don't, I, I just don't know if if anybody besides the Chevy uh, can, can win a championship this year at this point. We may have uh,
2: enjoyed our one year of parity. <laughs> yeah, you might be right. You might be right. So Kevin Harvick was running up at the front for most of the day. Zach, did he get robbed of a win?
1: So I think he definitely was going to win that race if, if the caution didn't come out with Harrison Burden spinning down the front stretch. I do think NASCAR needed to throw a caution there. Uh, they might have threw it just a tad early, but he eventually blew a tire and was throwing debris all over the place. So NASCAR was going to have to waive a caution no matter what. But up until that point, the Hendrick- cars had had dominated the entire race but with about 45 maybe 50 laps to go is when Kevin Harvick made his pass and he was pulling away from Larson I just don't see how how he would have been caught so robbed maybe but um you know unfortunately when that caution came out the crew chiefs had to make a decision do we get two tires or do we get four tires and there was roughly about seven cars that chose two Byron and Larson we're in the camp of two tires, Harvick and Reddick were the first two teams that chose four tires. And we saw how that worked out. Unfortunately, it did it didn't work out for Harvick, but, um, even though he didn't win that race, he still put up another top 10 at, at uh Phoenix,
2: which is just unbelievable how good he's been at that track for so long. They're going to have to rename that after him. He's been so dominant there. Yeah, you might as well call that Kevin Harvick Raceway or Kevin Harvick Speedway <laughs> because that man has owned Phoenix. Yeah, and I would say he didn't get robbed of a win. Uh, he he definitely was going to win if that caution didn't come out. The way he passed, uh, I think it was Larson with, yeah. with like he said, 50. I mean, it wasn't even it wasn't even close. Like it was like a lap car he went around and just took first place and, and was gonna drive away. The caution they have to throw that caution, and and door bumper clear actually talked about it last week, where they said these guys that are in the booth making these caution calls, they have to make them so quick, and the priority is the safety of the drivers. So unless you absolutely know one hundred percent that that driver is is just spinning and he's continuing, you see somebody hit a wall, you see smoke, you got to throw a caution. I gotta believe that in the back of their mind, they're they're just like searching for that because that's two yeah. weeks in a row we've had a caution at the end that's kind of saved these races. Uh, think about how boring this race would have been if Kevin Har- Harvick just cruised to a fifty lap, you know, victory. Um, but I think the I think the yellow was justified in the end. Something that wasn't justified, and I'm gonna <laughs> I'm already dreading this segment here chastain and hamlin got into it a little bit at the end there it was in overtime we didn't really see what happened and and kind of social media kind of touched on it but there wasn't a lot of going on we just knew that they fell from you know middle of the like 15 ish down to like 23 24 so we watched the in-car cameras zach i'm sure you are are have a, a, a fantastic take on on what happened so,
1: being the big Denny Hamlin fan that I am, <laughs> um, I, I definitely think Denny Hamlin purposely wrecked Chastain and, and just pulled an idiotic move. When this happened, I think they were—I thought they were ru- running right around the top ten. They were—they were maybe seventh, eighth, nine, somewhere around there. And for whatever reason, going into that first turn. Denny Hamlin just said to heck with this. I'm not even going to try to race for the win or a top five finish and essentially just put Chastain up into the wall. And we, we go back to last year where these two guys have had some, you know, bad blood and we thought maybe that this was over. Well, apparently not. So Hamlin puts Chastain in the wall and that's not where it ended though. And that's where I'm just like, God, this guy is an absolute idiot. So they're going down the front straightaway, and Chastain is ahead of Hamlin even after Hamlin put him into the wall. And Hamlin is just pounding on his on his bumper, trying to spin him out even you know further or, or wreck him again. And I just don't know what Denny Hamlin is thinking here. You have a top 10 car, you could finish top 10, get points, and instead you decide to to take Chastain out when you're not even racing for the win. And so, like you pointed out. It was not touched on hardly at all during the broadcast. I couldn't find anything out there on social media. And coincidentally, right before we got on this podcast tonight, I was able to, f- to find any Hamlin's podcast that he does. And he essentially came out and said, yeah, I just flat out wrecked him. Uh, I didn't really care about finishing in the top 10 and and I just wanted to ruin his day. Uh, knowing that I couldn't go for the win, so this just shows you what type of driver he is, and and why I d- dislike him so much. And I hope that he he never wins a NASCAR race again.
2: That's and that's me putting it PC <laughs> way to keep it keep the uh, explicit tag off of our our pack our, our yeah, uh, episode. <laughs> we can't we can't do that again. So let's hear let's hear what Danny had to say on his podcast from his own words, his own words
0: everybody behind me who's on fresh tires, I'm going, I'm about to finish in the mid teens.
3: And I said, you're coming with me, buddy. Really? I Let the wheel go. And I, I said, he's coming with me. And so I said for a while, well, you got to do something to get these guys' attention, whatever. Um, and until you get a microphone, you can then say whatever you want about me. But the fact is, is while I'm sitting here talking, I'm going to call things, The way I see it, and sometimes I'm going to have to call myself out, which I'm the dumbass who lost just as many spots as he did. But at the time, I said, well, I'm going to finish anyway, and I'm just going to make sure that he finishes right here with me.
1: So there you have it.
2: He flat out said, I basically wrecked him because I was going to have a bad finish. Hearing that, so I haven't listened to this episode yet, but when it happened, I had to think that there was a reason that he did that. And the reason is that he just made a a, a terrible choice. He kind of does own up to it a little bit there at the end, but it's not real good to give the the haters a little uh, ammo. Ammo, yeah, a little juice. The haters, yeah, give the the haters a little ammo to to come at you. Not the best look for Hamlin at all. I don't know what comes of this. If I'm Chastain, I mean, you're, you, you owe Hamlin now, right? Like, yeah, last year happened, but I mean, if you, if you're Ross Chastain, you get in that car next week and you don't do something to Denny Hamlin, it's almost like the bully that just keeps, you know, picking on you. At some point you got to punch back. And I know, I don't think it's Ross's nature to fight, you know, the other drivers but i think you got to do something right
1: no, i don't think he'll do anything this weekend in at atlanta just because of the nature of the track but i will say um maybe at the, the weekend after at the road course maybe he just tries to take him out but yeah you you've got to stand up for yourself eventually especially in nascar and uh i i would love to see ross chastain get out of the car and just go over the Denny and just
2: start wailing on him because Denny Hamlin is an absolute idiot I think it would be that would be entertaining if if nothing else it would 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 give us something to talk about and uh would would draw eyes to the sport for good or bad but
1: I mean if I was Chastain I would have got out of my car at at Phoenix and and tried to do something unfortunately the cameras there was nothing I mean nothing reported about this which is really shocking to me so uh, I would have tried taking it, care of it in Phoenix, but I, I would not be shocked if this, if this uh, lingers on throughout the rest of the year.
0: They they did get together. Chastain and Hamlin talked after the race. Chastain approached Hamlin from what I understand. And in Hamlin's further on in that clip, Hamlin went on to say, I think we're good now. We talked through it and we're even. So it's, it's ironic that the person who throws the last punch gets to say they're even, but I guess we'll, we'll, have see to, we'll find
2: out. yeah, we'll find yeah. out if they're really even here in a week or two. But uh, if I learned I anything Chassain from last I've <laughs> learned anything from last year, it's that these drivers talk a lot of crap, and no one does anything. So it's I'm not expecting anything, especially from from Nice Guy Ross. Uh, I just don't hey, understand don't back out there. <laughs> I just why would you try to make an enemy? I just doesn't make any sense to me
1: so here here's my prediction here's my prediction if Denny Hamlin and, and Chastain truly talk to Phoenix and if Denny says they're even now I could see this linger to the final say say you're Ross Chastain add Phoenix Denny Hamlin is in front of you with two laps to go and you have a chance to take him out there is one 1,000% uh, chance that Chastain, if he has a chance, wrecks Denny Hamlin and tries to win that race. One thousand, one
0: thousand 1,000%. Chastain's an aggressive driver regardless of who he's racing. That's why he got into the trouble that he got into last year. So I don't think it's going to be out of the question. He's, he's not only going to race Hamlin hard because that's what he already does. I would love to see him take him out. Screw it
1: but I don't think it'll happen unless it's unless Denny Hamlin's ahead of him and it's for a win. I think I, you know what I mean? I think, think it'll be that going to try to play it cool. He's going to try to play it cool because he doesn't want his chances of a championship ruined, but I can, I can guarantee you that if Ross needs a win to to advance in the playoffs and Hamlin is ahead of him or Hamlin is ahead of him for the championship, Ross will take him out. And I don't think anybody besides Hamlin will be mad about it.
0: Well, he can't use the wall anymore, so he might as well. <laughs> so, no just to,
2: so I just want to throw this out there. The championship's like in seven months. I, I just have a hard feeling or a hard time believing that this little incident is going to linger for seven months and that he's going to to pay him back that way. But I guess we'll Supposedly Jacobin we'll if... asked for the truce. So really? we'll see. Yeah. Interesting. All right, so we talked about the the domination uh, from Hendrick. William Byron wins stage one. Kyle Larson wins wins stage two. Your winner is William Byron, and your most laps led is Kyle Larson with 201.
1: You've heard our opinion about Phoenix. Now let's see what everybody else thinks about the Phoenix race. Jeff Gluck's pool. Uh, (laughs) No surprise here. Forty four point nine percent of fans a little earlier today, uh, Paul wise said, yes, it was a good race. That is not good. Seventy percent of fans thought it was a good race last spring and twenty eight percent said it was a good race in the fall. So this fall is basically right in between uh, the two races last year. And again, if you're NASCAR and this is where your championship
2: race is at. This is not good. It's less than last week's poll. And we said that was awful. And it's five percentage points lower than, than, than last, last week. I
1: I just can't believe the last two races are two of some of the worst races poll wise that we've had in the last year, year and, uh, four races essentially. So, um, not a good, not a good sign of, of things to come. If you're judging it just
2: based off the polls for this year. I would love to see the alternate universe where there's no cautions thrown in the last 10 laps of those last two races and see if that changes anything uh, lower down to, you know, the 30s, maybe.
1: Oh, I I think it would would make it worse for sure. Uh, If without the overtime and the restart there at the end, there's no way those those poles come in
2: as high as they do. All right. It is time we talk about fantasy NASCAR and the implications of this race at Phoenix.
0: All right. So this week at Phoenix, we have a team average of 58 points. Your low came from our Helms number one with 11 points. And that is our all-time low at Phoenix, uh, since we've been tracking these for fantasy purposes. And your high was 131. Your top 10 after Phoenix, and I'm going to start from 10th, because that's the way you run down a top 10 is 10th place nailed it at J Lee Stewart underscore 88 on Twitter. Ninth is Dave Brahman. Eighth, Robert Riggs, number two. That's at Robert Riggs one. Seventh, IH eight NSCR two. That's I hate NASCAR. And that is Tracy Norton. Number six, ransom. It
2: is Tracy Norton's Twitter handle.
0: I apologize (laughs) at Tracy in five, 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 seven, three, seven, three, nine. If he stays in the top <laughs> ten, we're going to know his Twitter hand. We have to.
2: <laughs> it's like a phone sixth number. After.
0: <laughs> yeah, sixth place. Ransom Agreed. Racing, 7W, at Willie Ransom 7. Fifth is Bryce Michaels, number two. Four is at BDocw Third, Better Than Second 2. That's our friend from These Lug Nuts Podcast, at JoJo Wagers on Twitter. Two, Nancy Cratchy. And number one, Zach Dick, number three, at ZJD88 on Twitter, in case you guys want to go roast him. He is still first place in our first fantasy team to hold the top spot two weeks in a row. Your Feels biggest good. risers after Phoenix, our Helms, number one, that's at Ryan Helms one. We mentioned him in our in our low score. He went up 86 spots from P102 to P16. Cassidy Willis moved up 69 spots from P120 to P51. And Adam Studer, number two, up 59 spots from P82 to P23. Biggest fallers: Millard F.'s wife, that's at Carson Wilmer on Twitter, went down 77 spots from P61 to 138. Mark Martin Motorsports at PaulSTE32203599 dropped 67 <laughs> spots from P-17 to P-84, and Brendan Garrett dropped 66 spots from P-135 to P-201. Your top 10 rookies, 10th, our Helms number one in P-16, Goodview Speed Shop, P-14, tied with Kenneth Holloway, also at P-14. Seventh best rookie is Michael Reller, P-12. Sixth is Did Not Nail It in P-11. Fifth is nailed it in P9. Those are the same person nailed it and did not nail it. So two good teams from him. Fourth, Robert Riggs, number two in P7. Third is Ransom Racing 7W running in P6. Second is at BDOCW running in P4. And your current top rookie right now is better than second two again at JoJo Wagers, running in the third spot. And just real quick, touch base on your fantasy drivers, your top five fantasy drivers after Phoenix. Fifth, William Byron. Fourth, Kyle Busch. Third, Ross Chastain. Two, Kevin Harvick. And your best fantasy driver so far this season is Alex Bowman. And your bottom five drivers, 26th, Eric Jones. 27th, Harrison Burton. 28th, Ryan Priest, And your last two spots go to Eric Almarola and Noah Gregson. And that is your fantasy update after Phoenix.
2: So you mentioned it. Congratulations, Zach! Back-to-back weeks in the in the top spot.
1: Appreciate it. It's a long season, though, so I'm remaining cautiously optimistic.
2: That is uh, that is how my uh, mother-in-law Nancy Krechis is is treating this as well. She's enjoying her time in the top ten, but uh, knows it is a long season, but. Again, stays in the top ten through uh through four weeks. So shout out to to Nancy.
0: And Josh, we uh, figured out a thing about Nancy this week. Um did. last year, she finished dead last in our league. So we had a hundred people in it last year. She finished hundredth spot and she's in second right now. So maybe we need to talk about a biggest rebound.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Co- uh, what do they have that in football? They have like uh, comeback player of the year. Comeback player of the year, yeah. <laughs> Whoever improves from their position the most that could that could be. Um, they end up
0: with more bonus prizes than actual
2: payouts <laughs> here pretty soon. Uh, you mentioned nailed it. One of three teams to stay in the top ten. They sp- they fell uh, five spots to number nine, but uh, did remain in the top ten. There is a new team that is in last place. It is not me anymore. I moved up to 206th. <laughs> <laughs> so uh shout out to, uh, to my boy, Dennis, who is uh, in 207th. So uh, we are, we're holding down the, uh, the fort there at the, at the bottom of the standings and just kind of looking at the standings that we are seeing some, some movement but it is kind of starting to to sort itself out. So a couple more weeks here and I think we'll we'll kind of get to the the movement of, you know, 10 10 or so spots give or take, but it is exciting to see some of these uh some big swings and still four rookies in the top 10. Still pretty impressive five last week, but uh so four four rookies in the top 10. Anything jump out at you, you know, standings wise or from this past week fantasy wise, Zach?
1: No, I think you you hit the nail on the head there. I think things are maybe starting to level out a little bit. I mean, obviously, Daytona, your road courses, Talladega, and now Atlanta. I mean, those are probably going to be your biggest swing tracks from here on out. But uh, overall, I think things are starting to even out. And you shouldn't see too many large, crazy moves like we have in the past. But uh, I could be wrong. You know, being that this league has doubled this year, maybe you will have those big swings uh, race after race, no matter what type of race it is. But overall, nothing too crazy from this past
2: weekend. One thing that we want to mention, uh, if you followed us on Twitter, you'll know that we are doing a uh, team name bracket. So the first round has uh, just finished. So we we had a lot of votes come through. Uh, Norton has uh, created the bracket. And we'll be updating that with the with the new poll. So keep an eye out for Twitter. Make sure you're voting for those team names, and we will uh, we'll have a little bit of fun with our with our team names in, in March Madness. So keep an eye out on Twitter for that. And uh, we can now take a look at Zach's favorite racetrack, the Atlanta Motor Speedway. How would you know? <laughs> Anybody that listened to the podcast last year knows that this is your favorite track. And that would be a lie. This is
1: probably one of my least, if, well, it is my least, if not my absolute least favorite track, uh, in NASCAR right now. But this weekend's race is called the
2: Am Better Health 400 at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. Yes. Was, was this, uh, change or this view or opinion that you have of this track? Is this because of the changes or were you a fan of not a fan of Atlanta pre- previously before it was a super speedway?
1: I was a giant fan of Atlanta's old speedway where the asphalt or the concrete was wore out. Uh, it was, it just created so, um, so many different lanes for these drivers. They could go to the high, they could go low, uh, and put, put the, the onus in the driver's hands to control their car over this loose racetrack because of how worn out it was. So, uh, Basically, if from from everything that we've done on this podcast, you can you can gather that I'm a fan of tradition and I'm a fan of of kind of the history of NASCAR and the older tracks that exist. So when they decided to repave this thing and then turn it into a, a pseudo super speedway type track, uh, I thought it absolutely ruined Atlanta and I absolutely uh, despise this track for what they've done, but it is what it is. It's on the circuit and so you've got to watch it twice a year and um Yeah, just I'm ready to already to move on to next week uh, (laughs) at the road course race, but uh, Atlanta Motor Speedway is this weekend's race. So uh, I got two quick facts for you about Atlanta. Uh, The original Atlanta was the seventh speedway in NASCAR to host a cup race, which was in 1960. Uh, Daytona, Darlington, and Charlotte are the only ones left of the first seven Uh, that NASCAR created. So, uh, again, the old Atlanta was fantastic. The new Atlanta, not a big fan. Uh, the second fact for this evening is right after the July 21 race in Atlanta, they started reconfiguring the track, uh, into what we now have it today. And that is a super speedway. Uh, they wanted to make a track similar to Daytona and Talladega, uh, But again, the reason why I hate this track so much is there's really only two lanes of racing. The track is not wide enough to do three or four lanes like Daytona and Talladega. Uh, And so that is my biggest gripe where you have two cars or two lanes and and essentially the leaders kind of jockey back and forth. If you're say mid-pack, there's really nowhere for you
2: to go. Which is what we saw at Daytona this year right so it's i yeah i don't know if we have much uh room for hope but
1: yeah uh the biggest the biggest thing is at daytona and talladega coming to the end of the stage or trying to go to the finish that's when you see drivers fan out go three four wide you know trying to trying to make something happen at elena there just truly isn't enough physical room on the track for you to do that And, and so i Looking ahead, I don't have a lot of high hopes for this weekend's race. Again, if you're mid-pack in these two-by-two lanes, there's really nowhere for you to go and you're at the mercy of of that lane just being faster. Uh, I think you're going to see quite a bit of wrecks, uh, which unfortunately is going to create some pretty high scores from a fantasy standpoint, but uh, I just don't see this weekend's race going very well. And with that being said... Let's hope I'm wrong, and this weekend's race is just fantastic, but uh, we will find out. Looking at last year's race, so that last year was the first time going to this reconfigured track. And so the top six from the spring race, Willie Byron won, Chastain was two, Kurt Busch three, Daniel Suarez four, Corey LaJoy was five, and Chase Elliott was sixth. And you go to the summer race. They don't have a fall race there. It's in mid-July. The top five from the summer race was Elliott, Chastain, Cindric, Jones, and Blaney. So kind of mixed results uh, when you look back at last year's races. There were quite a few wrecks in both of them. Uh, a lot of cars though were able to come back and still finish with a pretty wrecked up, you know, messed up car. Chastain being one of them in both races actually. He got some damage early on in both races and still came back to finish in the, in the top five. So if they wreck, you're not automatically out, uh, but there should be probably quite a few wrecks, which might, might make this, uh, race entertaining for
2: those who like to see wrecks. Who doesn't like to see wrecks? It's part of it, right? Exactly. So let's move. Let's look at our, uh, picks for the race for last week. Uh Phoenix, I had William Byron. Zach had Ross Chastain. Norton had Kevin Harvick. So how did you feel with that caution came out, Norton?
0: I've never cheered harder for a boring into a race. And I didn't <laughs> get <it. laughs> No, it no, you
2: didn't. No, you did not. Uh so for the third week in a row, I get the victory. So I lead the standings with three, Zach with one. Norton still skunked at zero, but we get another chance here. We get to pick Atlanta. It's a super speedway. Anything could happen. Zach, you go first. Who is your pick?
1: I'm going to go with Willie Byron. He's been fast all year. He won the race, the spring race last year. Hendrick is dominating. Again, anything can happen in this race. I wanted to pick somebody that... I might not use the rest of the year here, but I've got to try to get another a W on the board. So I'm just going to go with the hot hand and, and go with Willie
2: B. It's a good, it's just maybe three in a row, three wins in a row. It's possible. All right. Next up is, is me. Um, so I'm kind of torn between two drivers. I'm going to go with Ross Chastain. He's been fast lately. I think you know had good good uh, finishes last year. I'm going to go Ross Chastain. I'm going to break my my streak of of Hendrick drivers, and I'm going to take Ross. Well,
0: that was my pick as well. So I guess <laughs> I'll, I'll go to my second choice. Uh, I'm going to go with Rhymbling.
2: <laughs> okay, so we know that he's not going to win. So <laughs> he just uh, <laughs> jinxed him. <laughs> I mean. Could, if if ryan blaney was picking these races he would be you like i mean yeah for sure <laughs> even you you use kyle larson in fontana and he finished 29th <laughs> like, yeah. Henry's been somehow I've managed, all year. To,
0: I've, I've managed to be able to pick like the odds on favorite driver the last three weeks and have failed to capitalize on it so that's not great
2: your your drivers have finished seventh and fifth the last two weeks uh-huh. and it hasn't been good enough so yeah, i that sounds I, like a blaney
0: type of finish
2: there. It, it, <laughs> it does maybe it he does. might come well, together this week and turn everything around i i hope for your sanity he does but i don't think i don't think he will
0: so i, I like the chastain pick i think he takes out hamlin for the win or i hope he does
2: that would be <laughs> fantastic <laughs> that
1: would that would be that would be pretty epic but no Josh you're on a hot streak we've somebody needs to win besides you we've we've got to get got to get you off your hot streak
0: and no first place picks last year and you've now done it two out of three weeks that's
2: very it is it is (laughs) it is mind-boggling the 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 uh (laughs) the the results from from this year so I'll take it I'll take three wins out of the the first four weeks and uh Hopefully, we'll be cheering on the one car to make it four in a row. Any final thoughts, gentlemen, before we say goodnight? Hoping
1: to see a three-three time winner in 2023 and Willie Byron. And it will also help your fantasy team up. too. So, and it, it, he's he's keeping my that top team afloat, man. So, go go fast, Willie Byron,
2: baby. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Good talking to you. And we will uh, see you next week. Enjoy the race. The Atop the
1: Pit Box podcast is supported by paradiseexecutiveproperties.com. Now is a great time to book a trip to the Lake of the Ozarks. And Paradise Executive Properties has you covered. They have several modern and fully furnished homes that sleep up to 19 people. So bring your friends and family down to create a memory that will last a lifetime. For more information or to book your reservation a day, visit Paradise Executive Properties. It's
3: no days off, take no breaks, you in my lane, you in my way, you cross that line, it ain't your day, I lost my mind, I need my spark.